morning. Time to welcome everyone here this morning and begin a worship service. Good to see those who are able to be out with us this morning, and we certainly want to remember those who can't. Continue to pray for them. Uh, Chris and uh, Kelly and his family are in Tennessee. They're supposed to be coming back today, so Stephen McLeod will be speaking this morning. And Always good to see Steve speak. We appreciate him and his willingness to participate. And also remember our Wednesday night classes that uh, Rick and Chris are having, uh, Does God Exist with John Clayton. I think it's maybe less than 22, and there's uh, maybe 34, 36 lessons. So, and that's a very interesting, very interesting class. Also, uh, we have met this past week, the elders, with uh, Chris and, and uh, David, and, and we have decided the next three weeks, uh, till January the 17th, we will not be meeting at the building the next three weeks. Uh, We've been talking to people and, and talking with uh, Dr. Friday and, and, and just others and, and with the way the virus is uh, spreading at this time and with, <clears throat> excuse me, with Christmas coming up, we just feel like uh, the next three weeks we are going to, uh, to take those Sundays off and also uh, we will be back on the 17th and like it says, the Lord willing. We, we want to be here as much as anyone wants to be here, and, and we're just trying to make the best decisions for this congregation. So let's just continue to pray about the virus and about the people that it's affected. Uh, and while we're uh, the next three weeks, David will be here at the building on Saturdays from 12 to 2. David will be here to hand out communion and take up your... Uh, offering, contribution, whatever it may be. And anytime, if anyone needs to talk to the, the, the preachers, uh, people here at the building, if you need to speak with the elders and meet with us, please call us. We would be more than happy to meet with anyone at any time. Uh, also, we want to remember those uh, who are in, in our journal on a prayer list. Uh, Eloise Ho Hayes is ho home and uh, she's doing better and Carol Galloway got to go home and uh, Steve Picklesimer had some shoulder surgery and uh, he's, he's at home doing better. Mally Williams got good uh, reports and everything and her MRIs and we're certainly thankful for that and, and just, uh, just be sure to look down your list and let's pray for those in our shut-ins and uh, those uh, who aren't able to be here for whatever reason. Also this morning, we're having a, uh, calling it a holiday meal. So the ladies got together this week and they have uh, prepared a dinner for everyone. That's everyone here and it's all boxed up. It's in, uh, in the kitchen and it's going to be like it was when we had communion and stuff, we'll line up We'll go in, pick up a box, pick up the dessert, and go home. We're not going to eat it here. And uh, also, if you, if you live close to a shut-in or, or someone that, that hasn't been able to come for whatever reasons, 
please pick up an extra box or two and drop it off at these people's homes and let them know, not, you know, we don't necessarily want to go in, but to let them know it's out on the porch. Uh, the ladies have worked hard this week to do that, and, and uh, we think that's a good thing at this time of year. So uh, everybody, please come and get you something and, and uh, take it home with you. Uh, I think that's all there is that uh, I need to announce this morning. Do we have anything else that anybody needs? Let's pray and go to God in prayer. Father, again, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for every day that, uh, that we wake up, Father, for the, watching over us the night before and and, Father, just realize uh, how blessed we are. We're so thankful. Father, we pray that uh, you'll be with us this morning as uh, we worship you together. We're thankful, Father, that, that we're able to be here, but uh, we're so mindful of those, Father, who, who can't come for whatever reason. And, and, Father, we pray for those, and we pray for our shut-ins. And Father, we pray uh, that you'll continue to be with Eloise and, and Carol and, and, and Steve Picklesimer and, and uh, Mally and, and others, Father, and, and for all those who are listed in our journal. We uh, pray, Father, that we will never forget to, to pray and, and mention them. We ask that you'll be with Chris and his family as he travels back today and give them a safe trip. And, and, Father, be with Steve this morning as he brings us another lesson, Father. Help him to, uh, to remember the things that he has studied. And, and, Father, we just thank you for all that you do for us. And, and Father, we're thankful for the, uh, for the meal that's uh, been prepared today for the ladies that uh, have worked on that, Father. We uh, pray that, uh, that you will bless the people that it touches. And... Uh, and let them know that uh, we have not forgotten them, Father. And we look forward to the day that we can all be together. Be with us this morning, Father. Thank you for your son, Jesus, uh, who died for us. And, and Father, we pray that uh, we just worship him this morning in truth and spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all please stand. We'll sing hymn number 682. 682. <clears throat> to God be the glory. 682. To God be the glory. Great things we have done. So much we love and he gave us his son who
Please be seated. <clears throat> Next hymn, number 782. 782, Worthy Art Thou. <clears throat> Is that not right either? <laughs> that doesn't help. That doesn't help. That doesn't help. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> 782, Worthy Art Thou, and after this, Brother James Ward will have our scripture reading and prayer. Worthy of praise is Christ our Redeemer, worthy of glory, honor, and power, worthy of all our soul's adoration, worthy of Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this day. Thank you so much for our many blessings, Father. Thankful for the opportunity to come here and sing songs of praise to you and hear a good lesson and commune with you, Father. Father, we're thankful for this church. We're thankful for the brothers and sisters we have here, Father, and their willingness to serve you and to serve others throughout this community. Father, as we continue in service this day to you, we pray that all things we do are pleasing in your sight in accordance to your will. And so, dear God, we're so thankful and for your son Jesus, for his willingness to be a sacrifice on this 
earth for us, that we can someday have hope through him to be in heaven with you. It's through his name that we pray. Amen. Scripture reading this morning will be from the book of Luke, chapter 10. Luke 10, 29 through 37. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. The temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritans soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I am here. Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one, who stowed, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Next hymn, number 203. 203. Hallelujah. What a Savior. We'll sing the first four verses. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came through the Jesus Christ is not Santa Claus. 
They each give all sorts of gifts, but Santa, St. Nick, Chris Kringle, is not the same as Emmanuel and Lord and Master. Santa was born in Patara, Turkey, in March, sometime around the year 8270. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Israel, in the springtime, sometime around the year B.C. 4, 275 years before jolly old Saint Nick. Santa gives gifts of clothing, toys, tools. But Santa's gifts fade. Moth and rust corrupt Santa's gifts. They get old. They get worn out. We give them away. We throw them away. We never see them again. But Jesus' gifts last a lifetime. Even longer than a lifetime. Jesus' gifts are eternal. And when we give them away, they only get better. The best part is, even when we give them away, we still own them. We still use them every day. Gifts of love, of joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. The greatest gift that Jesus gives us is the opportunity to live with him forever in heaven. Now, I don't want to belittle Santa and all that he's done for the world, and he has done a lot. But Jesus is so much better, and he's done so much more. Santa never taught us how to act when the world is out to get us. But Jesus did. Santa never told us everyday stories or gave us real-life examples of compassion and courage and commitment, but Jesus did. Santa never suffered mocking and ridicule and physical pain for us. Santa never stood trial for crimes he didn't commit. Santa never took the punishment for things that we had done. But Jesus did all these things. He did them for us. Santa never felt like God turned his back and left him alone. Santa never died on a cross in front of his mother and his friends. No, Jesus Christ is no Santa Claus. He's so much more. This time of year, the world focuses on Jesus' birth. This time of every week, we focus on his death. We have the bread to remind us of his broken body, the cup to remind us of his blood. As we participate this morning, let's be thankful that we have someone so much better than Santa Claus. We have a risen, living Savior who's given us more than we could ever ask for if we only choose to see it. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we are so thankful for this time of year, for uh, the goodwill that's around us because of your son. But we're thankful more, Father, for this time of the day, time of the week, uh, every week where we can remember him and what he's done for us. We're thankful, Father, that you have set this aside for us, that you have given us a time uh, to refocus ourselves, to refocus our lives. We're thankful, Father, for the bread, for what it represents, the broken body of our Lord. And be with us, Father, as we take this Help us to uh, remember all that we have, 
Help us to remember what he's done and help us to uh, remember his body, especially if it was broke for us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Pray with me again, please. We continue our thanksgiving during this time, specifically, Father, to remember the blood of your Son who was shed for us. We're thankful, Father, for that blood, for that sacrifice, for that pain, for that suffering. We're thankful, Father, that you've given that blood as a means to cleanse us of what we've done wrong, as a means to bring us home to you. Bless us, Father, as we take this cup and help us to keep our minds focused. Help us to be thankful for all that we have through him. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. As you probably witnessed by now, we no longer pass a plate. Uh, we have buckets set up in the back. Um, we have so much because of, uh, because of, of God and what he's given us. Uh, each day is a blessing. Uh, we can look around, especially at this time of year, uh, and see the many things that we have and can appreciate them and know that they all came from, um, from God. Uh, if you would... Drop your uh, offering in the buckets in the back on your way out if you haven't done so already. Would you pray with me once again, please? Father God, we are truly thankful for uh, all that we have in this life. Uh, we are uh, surrounded and covered up, Father, with spiritual blessings uh, from the birth of your son, from the death of your son. Uh, everything that's involved uh, spiritually that we have is a gift from him. We are also covered up, Father, with material blessings. Uh, each day, Father, is a gift. Uh, every piece of clothing that we have, uh, vehicles that we drive uh, for our homes, you know, just for all that we have that we enjoy that makes our lives uh, easier, uh, helps us to enjoy them more. And just help us to recognize, Father, that it all comes from you, uh, that you are the giver of all things, and help us to use all the things that you've given us to serve you each day. To help those around us, Father, to be good examples, to be more like your son uh, through the things that you've done, given us and done for us. Uh, once again, Father, we thank you for all things. Most of all, we thank you for your son and for his sacrifice. And again, we pray in his name. Amen. Let's all please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 400, Living by Faith. <clears throat> hymn number 400. I care not today what the
Him this morning, number 380. 380, just as I am. We'll sing the first, second, fifth, and sixth verse. Good morning. I'd like to thank everyone who came out this morning, especially those that knew I'd be speaking. I really appreciate that. Um, I'd like to thank the elders for allowing me to have this opportunity to. Now, before we get started this morning, I always get so nervous whenever I, I preach. And I guess I've committed a fashion faux pas, and I move around here a lot of times. So I wanted to go ahead and get this out of the bag before anybody sees anything and it becomes a, becomes a, uh, a topic of their focus and attention. When I put on my socks this morning, I uh, did not put on the dress socks. I meant to wear boots, and so my ankles are showing. Um, again, that's been the talk on, on the way here was was my ankles showing. So everybody knows we can go on past that now. This morning, the temptation would be at this time of year to preach about Christmas or preach about the birth of Christ. I'm not going to do that today. We're, we are, this will be the last time that we gather together for the year. And so what I want to do is to preach on something that we need to apply to our, day, our lives today, if we're not, and then carry that on as, as a uh, uh, what do they call those uh, whenever you make your New Year's resolution? As a resolution that we are going to continue to better ourselves in what we're going to talk about here. Now, there is a lot of stuff that's going on in the world right now. There is so much anxiety, so much nervousness, so much tension from who's going to be running the country, what's our country going to wind up looking like here in two or three years, to the COVID. How does this thing transmit? What do we do to need to do to keep ourselves safe from it? How do we need to do those things? What will happen if we do catch it? There's so many areas for anxiety here that sometimes it robs our focus. 
It robs our focus on what's truly important. Risk management. That's what I do for a living, more or less. I'm a health and safety representative. Um, I, my part of my job is to look at the jobs that we have in front of us, find out what the risks were, and find out how we can manage, it, manage that. Um, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's difficult. We deal a lot with a term called calculated risk. Calculated risk means, and every one of us does it every single day, is that risk worth the reward? Is the thing that you give up, is the chance of getting hurt worth what you're trying to do? When I was a, when I was a young guy, and I hesitated to tell this story, but I'm going to go ahead and tell it. When I was a young guy, uh, I, I ran around with a, a guy named Charlie Carroll. Um, it's like a brother to me. And uh, Charlie's family had a, a deal with the, the local dairy farmer, or a local farmer. And what they would do is every year they would rent this farmer a field that they owned. And in payment, that farmer would give them two calves. And, and Charlie's dad would have one and Charlie would have one. And they did this every year. And at this time, we're probably 19, 20 years old. So what he got for selling that calf was a pretty good amount of money for, for a 19, 20-year-old. So I saw him one day, and he said, Dad's calf died. I said, you're kidding. What happened? He said, he just quit breathing. He couldn't breathe. I said, what caused that? He said, I have no idea. So a couple of days later, I'm driving down through Shoals on the way to girlfriend's house, and I see Charlie. All their livestock was across the road from their house, and they had a, a ladder, a steel pipe ladder that went like this over top of the barbed wire fence, and he was climbing that steel pipe ladder with a length of green hose over the top of his shoulder. I thought, well, i got to see what's going on. So I pulled in and said, what are you doing? He said, my calf's going to die. He says, doing the same thing dad's is, quit breathing. I said, so what's, what, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to go down here and try to breathe for it. And I thought, well, i got to see this. So I jumped over there and ran up the ladder with him. And we went over the hill. And I said, so what's your plan really? He said, I'm going to breathe for it through this hose. I said, how are you going to do that? He said, I'm going to put it down in its mouth. And he said, and I'm going to breathe for it, give it CPR through this hose. I said, I don't think that's how that works. So Charlie ran this hose down in this calf's mouth, got to where it met some resistance, jabbed it three or four times and started blowing breaths into that hose. I said, I don't think this is how that works, Charlie. After about the fourth breath, back through that hose came a big green foam and filled Charlie's mouth. Charlie gagged and said some words, gagged some more, spit, and you know, he could have been dying. I don't know. There's a term called aspiration that I guess would come into play, but I couldn't tell that because I was laughing at too, too hard because that's what boys do. We laugh at each other whenever they do something stupid. And finally, he rolled over on his back there, spread out like that, and he went, forget it, let her die. <laughs> the risk was not worth. He didn't calculate well when he did the risk. And, and now that I have everybody's mind off of lunch, we can concentrate on what we're going to say here. The scripture reading today came from Luke. And from that scripture reading, I want us to, to take three things from this, three points, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish in 20 minutes. And if I'm not finished in 20 minutes, we're quitting in 20 minutes. But I want us to take three things from this. Number one from this is to be helpful and to be kind during this time. We've got a lot of people that are scared. We've got a lot of people that are apprehensive. We've got a lot of people that don't understand everything that's going on around them. And we need to be helpful and we need to be kind to those people. Verse 29 says, But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? 
And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest, by the way, and at that place came and looked on him and passed down the other side. This is a Jew who has been beaten half to death and a priest who goes by him. This is one of his people. And he goes by him and maybe he was scared. Maybe he felt like it was below him to do that. Maybe he thought that he couldn't help. Maybe he thought all kinds of things. You know, the mind will run rampant with excuses if we let it. There are so many situations that we can excuse ourselves out of because our mind will go immediately to why I shouldn't do this. Melissa gets on to me all the time. I am the world's worst. If you come to me in a story in the parking lot that you need gas, I will give you money. I do it every single time. I know that these people are, are probably scamming me. I get it all the time. I guess I've got a face that says, hey, he'll, he's going to buy this. This is a guy that's a sucker. And they will come to me and say, I just ran out of gas and my mom's dying. Or I just ran out of gas and my wife's having a baby. I just ran out of gas. Can I have 20? And I will give it to them. And Melissa said to me many times, you know that that's going for drugs or you know that's going for something else. And I've told her before, I did what I thought God would want me to do. What he does with that money, then he'll have to answer to God for. But I am a sucker for that. The reason I do it is because what if, what if their mom was actually dying and they ran out of gas? What if their wife was having a baby and they were trying to get back home and they'd run out of gas? What if? I don't want to be the one that on the last day to have to answer for the fact that, you know what? I gave you an opportunity to do what was right. I gave you an opportunity to be good. I gave you an opportunity to be generous. I gave you an opportunity to give back to someone what I gave you in the first place. Now, I'm not saying that we all have to do that. I'm just saying that that's, where, that's why that I do that. And, and Melissa's probably right. But you know what? I've done what I needed to do. I did not walk by that guy beaten half to death and say, you know, it's none of my business. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound, him up his, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. This is a Samaritan. And then we all know the, 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 the relationship that the Jews had with the Samaritans. The Jews hated the Samaritans. They thought of them as dogs. This was a Samaritan that stopped to help this Jew. He risked, maybe it was a trap. Maybe there were thieves lying in wait. Maybe they had bloodied this guy's nose, said lay in the, cor the, the ditch right there, and whenever somebody stopped to help you, we'll jump in. Maybe that was going to happen. Maybe the guy was going to die anyway. But this man took a moment, showed kindness, showed compassion, put him on his own animal, and took him to an inn and made sure he was taken care of. Jesus said, Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said that he showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Two things here. Jesus turns this from who is my neighbor to defining what a good neighbor is. He instructs us, on how we should be a neighbor, how we should act. We need to be good neighbors. He told him, go and do you likewise. 
we have opportunities to do things. It doesn't have to be giving $20 to a guy that's at the gas pump that says, hey, I've, I've lost my wallet. There are people in the community that need, and sometimes all, that, all they need is just to know somebody else is thinking about them. I have a, a, a guy at work right now that's, that's in the hospital. He doesn't really have any family um, here, and he's in the hospital, and it turned from COVID into a, a heart problem, and now he's had a heart cath and a stent, and there may be more. And, and I texted him, say, hey, just how you doing? And he wrote me back. He said, I'm doing good, this, is this, this, and thank you so much for reaching out. Sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes it's amazing how far a small gesture will go with some people. We've all been in places there where we've worked, and we can see how it affects people when we tell them, hey, good job today. Support each other, especially in this time. We need to be supporting each other. It demands us to take actions. Galatians 6, 9 through 10 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due seasons we shall reap if we faint not. As we therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them and to the household of faith. Our first and foremost focus should be each other. If there be somebody here that suffers, somebody that needs here, then we need to be reaching out to that. If we know of somebody in here, then we need to say something to the people that can help them. Whenever I coach soccer at Chesapeake, one of the rules, I would always give this speech at the beginning of the year to parents. I'd say, I'm not talking to, to parents about soccer. I'll talk to you about God. I'll talk to you about hunting, fishing, whatever you want to talk about. Once we talk soccer, I'm going to turn and walk away. And I told the boys, I said, you are now young men. And young men need to start defining how their life goes and understanding how life works. You, there's no reason to go to your mom and dad if you're not playing or you're not playing where you want. There's one person that can fix that, and that's me. So you need to be man enough to come to me and talk to me about it. That's who I talk to. Go to someone who can help. If you know of a need, then, then if you can't fulfill that need, go to someone that can. It's not just good thoughts. James 2, 14 through 17 says, What doth it profit my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit it? Even so, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. We need, to, we need to show action. Sometimes it's very small action. Sometimes it's just a call. Sometimes it's just a text. Sometimes it's just a card. Sometimes it's just asking, hey, how you doing? Sometimes it's more than that. But we need to take the blessings that God has given us and the hope that God has given us, and we need to show that and share that everywhere we go. We have to love our neighbors. It is the second greatest commandments. And Proverbs 14, 21 says, He that despises his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. See, this is so much more about, um, this is not, one of the things about that I, that I think that, that a lot of times we get hung up on is the fact of we got somebody baptized. Okay, now you're going to have eternal life. If you, if you live like you're supposed to, you're going to have eternal life. The joy, the peace, the gift that comes with that redemption of sin fills that gap in between the time that we were baptized and the time that we die and we inherit eternal life. And that is just so much more 
than what we have in any other way. God grants us so much more than just the forgiveness of sins in that water grave of baptism. He grants us peace and joy and opportunity. And we need to share that. Secondly, I want to this shows us Jesus said that not all people are our neighbors. You know, at one time I operated under the misconception that everybody around me, everybody in the world is my neighbor. And that's not what the Bible says. He said, which of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him? Meaning that two were not. Matthew 5, 43 says, you have heard it been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Aha! This is that moment that people that want loopholes look for. I can take this verse right here. Love my neighbor, hate thy enemy. He's an enemy. I don't have to love him. She's an enemy. I don't have to love them. I don't have to do any of that stuff. That gets me off the hook. He said neighbors. But he said neighbors and enemies. First of all, we are instructed to be a good neighbor. That's the point of the parable. Secondly, Jesus finishes the thought in Matthew 5 and verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain to the just and the unjust. For if ye love them that love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans do the same? And if, salute you, if you salute your brethren only, what, more, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans do so. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father is imperfect. God makes it to rain and on the just and the unjust. God makes it to sun to rise on the just and the unjust. God blesses and loves those people that are not where they need to be. And thank God for that because I wasn't born where I needed to be. And if that was a prerequisite for God's love, that we were there where we need to be, none of this would have ever happened because we could never get there. He loves and provides for them because he is perfect. And he tells us that we must strive to do the same. We need to love our enemies. The point of the parable is to be a good neighbor, not what is a neighbor, not looking for a loophole, but to define how we need to be acting. We must love, but what about get along? Sometimes people are hard to get along with. I lived in Farmview Park when we first got married, and uh, I had a neighbor there that I didn't actually live in a subdivision. They had a, you know, a HOA or whatever it is, a homeowners association, and there's a lot of rules and, and stuff you had to live by to live there. I lived over on the outskirts of it, was not part of the subdivision, had no HOA. Well, the guy that was the, I guess, president of the HOA, continually, everything I did was wrong. He would continually come to me and say, hey, you can't park that there. Hey, man, I'm not in the HOA. I'm not part of the subdivision. Still yet, you can't park that there again. Hey, you can't do that there. I'm not part of the HOA. I'm not part of the subdivision. You still can't do it. That's an eyesore. So being the Wayne County that I am, I killed a deer one day, and I lived right on the corner where it loops around. We lived right here on the corner. There's a big old tree right here in the corner that everybody that looped around had to see. Melissa said, what are you doing? I said, I'm hanging this deer. She said, right up by the road. I said, well, yeah, I want him to see it. I want that guy, you know, I constantly, every time he gigged me, I'd try to gig back at him. He came to me at one time and said, hey, man, you can't have those dogs back there. 
I said, again, I'm not in the HOA. I'm not part of the subdivision. So I called my cousin who had hound dogs and said, hey, what are you doing with those coon dogs? He said, you need to hunt. And I said, no, just want to borrow them. And I borrowed them one weekend. I sat there watching TV on a Friday night, had them chained up behind the back door. And every time they'd shut up, I'd beat the door or the wall again, start them right back up. That wasn't right. That was my reaction. That was the, the eye for an eye. But I shouldn't have done that. I should have been a lot more compassionate about that. And thankfully, we learn and we grow. And sometimes we suppress the Wayne County that's in us a lot better than we used to. Sometimes we have to live as peacefully as we can, even with those that don't want it. I really tried with that guy. I had no problem with him. I never went to him with anything. He just constantly was, was at me. Some people won't let you be good to them. Some people won't, don't want to get along. For as much as it's in us, we need to try. For as much as it's in us, we need to be the example of a neighbor. The second point that I want to make is be faithful. In everything that's going on, it is so anxiety-inducing. And we need to remember that God is faithful. God is in control. <clears throat> he has promised that he will provide. He is a God of provision. He said, take no thought for the morrow. All those things will be given to you. You concentrate on living your life for me. You concentrate on being what I want you to be, the rest of that will be provided. And he does, and so richly. Be faithful. Thirdly, be at peace. And this is the hard one. How do we be at peace during this time? How can we be in peace when there's so much going on? John 16, said, These things I've spoken unto you, <coughs> that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. All this, as long as our focus is on what happens to me during this time really doesn't matter as long as my focus remains on life eternal. As long as my focus remains on the spiritual, not the carnal. As long as I walk in the spirit, no matter what happens, Paul of all people, and I'm pretty sure none of us is going to be put in a first century prison and beaten, that Paul said, I have learned that no matter what happens to me to be content because I have Jesus. I have Jesus as my Savior. So none of this other stuff, nothing that they can do to me really matters. I told my kids whenever they started school, I said, you know what, you can do one of two things. You can either work really hard during college and live a little easier or you can live easy during college, do something else and dig ditches for a living. You can work hard. There's nothing wrong with digging ditches for a living. But the time that they invest in college makes their life easier, hopefully, down the road. The time that we've invested here is 70 years tops. I won't say tops. Some people will live past that. If you were, if you were baptized as a teenager and you lived to be 100, you got 85 years or so of whatever the devil can dish out at us. But we also have 85 years of Jesus, 85 years of love, 85 years of love we don't understand. That gives us peace that no matter what happens, I have a Savior. But what about those people that don't have a Savior? 
What about it then? What if you are in a place where you are not where God wants you to be? Risk assessment. Again, calculated risk. And I'm going to finish with this. Calculated risk, like I said before, is we will make decisions on whether that's worth it to do it depending on what the risk involved is. And we're strange creatures when it comes to that. We will drive down the highway 70 miles an hour side by side with another car driving 70 miles an hour by a person we have no idea what they've taken or how good they are at driving or anything else. And both of us are fully reliant on the tires are going to stay inflated. Nothing's going to break on these cars. Everything's going to be fine, and they're going to stay in their lane. And we will do that and not give it a second thought. The same person, you take a stream that's 12 foot across, and there's seven stones in the middle of this stream, the stream's eight inches, they will take forever gingerly and carefully and purposely placing their feet on every one of those stones. Now, the, the risk at 70 miles an hour side by side with another car, what will happen if those two cars get together are much greater than you putting your foot in this water if you miss one of these stones. But we don't think anything about the one because we do it all the time. It's only when we don't do it all the time that we become aware, careful, observant of how we do things. I've said that to say this, and I'm not saying anything negative. I'm not taking a stand either way. We have people that we we're all wearing masks. We're all social distancing. We're all, there are people that are fanatics about the vaccination. Um, there are people that are ready to fist fight if you say that you don't want to get it. There are people ready to fist fight if you say that you don't want to wear the mask. There's people that are ready to fist fight if you say that I, I'm not, I don't buy into all this stuff. They are so focused on this disease that they are willing to take any measure to keep from getting it. What have they done to assure eternal life if they do? What have we done to assure that we will be in heaven no matter what happens, whether we get the disease or we don't, or we wreck at 70 miles an hour, or if we fall in that creek, step off of a stone and break our neck. That should be our focus. We hold on, or so many people hold on so hard to this life because it's all we know. If we're not educating, witnessing, and being an example to those people around us that there is so much more to life than just life, then we're not doing what we need to be. We're not being a good neighbor. This morning, if you're a child of God, be a good neighbor. Be a better neighbor. Be what God wants us to be. Be perfect as God is perfect. Meaning that we treat everybody with compassion, love, and go out of our way to help. If you are not a child of God, if you have wandered away from the fold, if you've never been baptized into the water of grave baptism was for the remission of your sins, all those things you've have, having done, forgiven and separated from you, this is the perfect way to start the new year. This is the perfect way to, time to say, you know what, I'm turning this around. I have not done what I'm supposed to do. Or I have never given this God the time that I should have. Today's the day you need to do that.
If you need the prayers of the congregation, we are here. If you need to be baptized, we are ready. And it just stands and waits. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Won't you come as we stand and sing?
Just one thing, the services that will online will be at 10 a.m. So if you're looking at 10.30, you're running 30 minutes late. But we'll be on the air the next three Sundays at 10. And what's that number again? Six what? What's your number? 682. Turn your songbooks to 682. After we finish this hand, Brother Trevor Egner will lead us in prayer. <clears throat> To God be the glory, great things he had done. Father, we thank you for the day. Thank you for the blessings you've given to us. Lord, we thank you for the time we've had to come. Thank you for Steve and his message this morning. Pray, Lord, we would take it and apply it to our lives and take it into the new year with us. Lord, we just pray that you'd be with us these next few weeks as we're away. Pray that you'd keep us all safe and in your arms. And Lord, we thank you for uh, all the ladies that have put together this meal for us this afternoon. Pray that we would uh, enjoy it. Lord, we just ask that you be with us and watch over us. Be with those, Lord, who are on the prayer list who need your healing and hand. Pray, Lord, you be with them all. In Jesus' name, amen.